Hey everybody, welcome. The topic of this show this week is going to be humanitarianism, and we are here with Jay DeLuca from The Bear's Den. Studio Hey everybody, a little bit of a false start there from Jay. Whoops. But, uh, <laughs> what's going on, Jay? False start, five Not yards. Not too much, glad to be here again. Yeah, welcome glad back. Glad to be back. This is Jay's second time on the studio cellar. Yes. We don't let everybody come back. It's true. <laughs> we don't. Jay is someone we would let back, though. I'm a neighbor. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, it's easy. So, uh, yeah, we're going to be talking about humanitarianism. Is that right? <laughs> yeah, you did a good, good okay. job. I thought I was going to trip over that uh, word. So, Jay, you just went down to Haiti. Yes. Now, why did you go to Haiti? Okay, well, this was actually my uh, second trip down there. Uh, this year, I was recently down there in April, and uh, uh, it was basically I, w- I went down with a, a missionary team, and um, we did a bunch of work with several orphanages, schools, and uh, churches and medical clinics. Um, and basically, my first trip down there was just kind of like I was involved in like the building and things like that. And then this second trip was I went down there to document it with uh, I took hours and hours of film footage. And I'm going to be putting together like a kind of like a web series mm-hmm. of oh, different awesome. videos to uh, kind of raise awareness for what's going on down there and uh, and to kind of help market the organization that's that's doing all these things so cool very so, nice now how did you get involved with the organization uh it's kind of a funny story my uh my parents were actually going down uh they got involved through their church and uh, i didn't even know about it and uh and i just got my my sisters t- said hey mom and dad are going to haiti and i was like what <laughs> and i and at that point i, I didn't know much about the country other right. than like what I learned in French class and stuff like that. So I kind of approached my parents. I was like, hey, can I go? And they were like, yeah, sure. So I, I went down to kind of just check it out the first time. And when I came back, it was just like. You had a bigger appreciation. For yeah. That. It was like a fire. A fire got lit inside me that was like, I got to I got to do something about this. Yeah. To go from a country that's basically devastated and to come back to America is like, it's a, it's a mind-blowing experience. Right. Like you go from places where there's like no electricity, no running water, nothing, back to America. <laughs> it's now, like, the uh, first time you went down, did you have any kind of expectation as to what you were going into, or were you completely blown away by... I was pretty blown away. Yeah. I mean, I, I tried to do a little research and stuff, but <clears throat> nothing really prepares you for the the initial... You land there, and the drive through Port-au-Prince is something I can't even describe to you, just the smells and the... Yeah. The, I mean, imagine imagine if you all of a sudden were teleported to like a New York City after like a nuclear holocaust. That's what it's Whoa. that's what it's like. Yeah, just trash burning everywhere. People just idly sitting around. I mean, just now dev- is this because of the earthquake or is this the way no, it was before the earthquake? As it well? was it's it was like this well before the earthquake, okay. but the earthquake kind of made it worse. Made it worse and <clears throat> things that. 
things that were destroyed in the earthquake still haven't been right. fixed. Yeah. It's like people just kind of left it. Yeah. What, what was the general like mindset of, of the people down there at, at well, like this year, basically? So when you went both times, like what, yeah, what was their mindset? And then what was yours? The, the Haitian people? Yeah. Or? Yeah. So like, what was their, like, what was the culture like? What did it feel like there? Uh, it's, it's very, it's, it's almost hopeless. Like it, you, when you drive around and, 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 experience the cities and and stuff like or quote-unquote cities i mean these people literally live in like forts that like like they're sticks with scraps built around them and that's like their homes and like uh like i said no electricity no running water i mean the average annual income is two hundred dollars wow wow now, was there um, any w- – w- did they embrace you or was there any hostility? Was there any like, you know, you Americans, you think you're better than us kind of – There's there's both. I mean, there's there's a lot of like thankfulness for yeah. the, the people who are being helped, which is um, mainly the, the, the schools and the mm-hmm. churches and the orphanages and stuff like that. And then, yeah, I mean, as you, as you drive through – like the other towns and stuff like that, there's definitely kind of like uh, uh, people yell Blanc. It's white, yeah. white person. Blanc, Blanc, oh, and just and, and they kind of glare at you. Yeah. I mean, we had to have we had to have armed security at all times. Oh, it's, okay, oh. it's pretty dangerous to go down there. Um, and you, a big part of the organization that they teach you before you go go down there is not to just. We can't just give stuff away. I right. mean, unless it's like a scheduled distribution thing. Otherwise, that's all people expect when they see a white person just to, oh, they're here to give us stuff. Let's mm-hmm. crowd around them. And I mean, that could cause riots and things like that. Right. So it, it's people People were very thankful for the work that we were doing. Right. But and you were building schools and things like that? Well, the first time? The, the, uh, the organization that I went down with, they run a, uh, I wish I had the exact numbers. I don't work for the organization or anything. I just kind of And what is this organization again? They're called Mission E4. Mission and E4. And they're a missionary organization. They do stuff all over the world. And just happens. I just happen to get involved with them, with uh, Haiti in particular. But um, they, I, f- I, f- I think it's four or five schools that they, they run Oh, wow. um, and basically they're funded by the child sponsorship program. So like, like I personally, I, I have a sponsored child. I pay $32 a month and this provides a hot meal a day, school uniforms every year, um, school supplies, uh, and, uh, free access to the medical clinic. So, um, with all, I think they have, now they are approaching 1600 students between all their schools that mm-hmm. they they are responsible for and and uh, yeah. Uh-huh. With, without without the schools, I mean, these kids really wouldn't have much have anything yeah. to do. They a lot and it of gives them, them something need. to look forward to too. You exactly. Know, I mean, if, them... there's nothing to do there. Right. I mean, uh, if you're not, I mean, literally, the kids love school because yeah. it's the only thing to do, and they get fed, and that's that's big because it's some for some of the kids, it's the only meal they get a day. Right. Yeah, 
And it's it's amazing to think about, like, you know, when we were in school, it's like, oh, school sucks. Yeah. I don't want to go to school. Yeah. And these kids in, are in like. In America, you hate it growing yeah. up. But there, it's it's all they got. And it's one of the one of the schools we went to, It's it was basically like a, uh, a cement. When I say school, it's a cement slab with four poles on each corner, a tin roof, and then tarps on the oh walls. My. And they had seven classrooms. No, no dividing walls. Just seven classrooms simultaneously going oh, at once, and it was insane. I say, was it Chaos. a little? Was it orderly, or was it just people just talking and no? I mean, no I, order. I mean, the, the I mean, the teachers had control over their students. Yeah, yeah. But like, it's just like, I, I mean, imagine just putting two hundred people in a room. And putting up seven chalkboards and just teaching seven different lessons at once, and right. you're you just gotta try and focus. Just focus on the one. On, yeah. yeah, I mean it's it's pretty pretty mind blowing. Now, how does it make you feel to know that you you made an impact on these people? So you, you participated in building yeah. um, some of said schools, and and uh, what was your focus this time? And how does that make you kind of feel that you're impacting in uh, such a big way? Yeah, I mean it's it's. It's pretty. It's pretty incredible feeling. I mean, I come back here and I, I feel like I'm a waste of space because you go down there and you, you literally work, yeah, really hard. I mean, we one of the days we spent uh, the day building a security wall around the boys' orphanage. I mean, so we're digging holes, we're pouring cement and stuff like that. And uh, I mean, they just they don't have the the technology and tools and stuff that we have here so i mean it takes <clears throat> it takes like 30 of us a day to do a job that in america could be done in like two hours with the right equipment right mm-hmm. but i mean you're there and you're sweating and stuff but you know that it's it's, it's, for to, a good it's cause. to protect yeah. these kids and <clears throat> and then another day we spent the entire day we, we built a kitchen basically in a day um and when i say kitchen i mean like a a, a room outside that's just it's a couple uh, two by fours uh, with some in cement, and with, we uh, nailed uh, tin walls up and a tin roof, and and basically that's it. And that's gonna feed like two to th- three hundred people a day. And it's, I mean, you think of a school cafeteria, yeah. And this is literally just like a little teepee that yeah. they're they're cooking. Yeah, I mean, I, I saw some of the pictures and you guys look like you were busting your asses down there yeah it's it's it I, i've never worked so hard in my life and on and top of that it's probably like what 95 degrees there every day like 110 okay <laughs> and the humidity is just i mean i was sweating like you wouldn't believe i mean yeah. they were constantly drinking water and water and water and i don't think i i peed like once a day because i was just sweating <laughs> it out i mean I was drinking gallons and gallons of water and just yeah. sweating it all out. Yeah. But, so how many people were in the group that went down there? There was about 40 of us. 40. Which okay. was different from the first trip because when I went down in April, there was only like 15 of us. So this time was uh, was a bigger group, which made it easier on the work side because it was more of us to get the jobs done right. and stuff like that. Now, are there people well. that are there uh, for a longer period? Like people who were there before you to kind of prep everything and then you guys come down and... Yes. And, Bas- uh, basically, the organization has people who live down there full okay. time. And then um, they have interns and stuff who have been there for a couple months. And 
and whatnot. Um, and then, I mean, and, and we're working alongside the Haitian people that they employ. So they okay. have like team, they're, they're employing Haitians, which is good. It's not like we're just going down there and doing all the work and we're, we're working alongside them. And, okay. And, and which is, which is great. Gives them opportunities. So now go ahead, Tom. Well, I was going to say, um, so this past time that you were there, the focus was, um, on making uh, a documentary type type thing. And, and so what, what's kind of that all about? Yeah, basically, um, I mean, when I came back from the first trip, I was uh, just finding myself explaining the trip to all my friends and, and just not being able to do it justice. So this time I went down and I was like, I'm going to just keep my camera out and I'm going to video every single thing that I see. And then it comes down to, well, what am I going to do with all this? I mean, I have hours and hours and hours of footage. So what I'm going to do is I'm, I'm just going to basically make a series of videos. I mean, one's going to cover the child sponsorship program. It's going to cover the benefits so people can kind of see what that's all about. One's going to cover the, the building projects that they're doing down there mm-hmm. and how they've impacted these communities and stuff like that. One's going to cover the, the experience of like going down to a third world country and and um, I mean, there's so many people that have, have never experienced it before and kind of to get their insight on like how what what has this been like for you? What what's how is this kind of impacting you and stuff like that? So and then I mean, anything that I can come up with with the other footage, I'm going to I'm going to do, too. We did. Uh, I, I mean, I have. I have so much footage. <laughs> so, so you were going through, and were you you were talking to people? You were just yes. getting footage of of happenings. Like what was like the best? Well, not the best, but like what was um, just one of the most memorable things that you think you shot uh, on your trip? I mean, there was there was so many, but there was one in particular where uh, there was this family that went down. Um, uh, it was a mother, a father, and a thirteen year old daughter, and uh, they had been sponsoring um, a child. Uh, for a little, I don't know how long, but I think at least a year. And uh, he's a little older. I think he's in high school. And I mean, they were, they've been sponsoring him and you, you send letters back of pictures and stuff like that. And, and once a year you can send down gifts and stuff. And so the, and to get to video their experience with him, it was like, it was like seeing a family reconnecting with a family member who they hadn't seen in years, even though this was their first time actually meeting him face to face. And I mean, the mother was in tears of just joy, just getting to meet this kid. And this kid was just so thankful to these people who have been supporting him and giving him the means to go to school. And one thing in Haiti is the government tries to suppress education to the point where they have an, a government exam at sixth grade and and then there's one other one i think at 12th grade where it's a government given exam and if you don't pass that you cannot continue on with school and it's extremely hard and the and that's graded by the government so it's kind of the government's very corrupt down there and this kid had just passed his sixth grade exam to let him allow him to move further in his education and i mean it was like the the family was in tears. They were so overjoyed for this kid and stuff like that. And just to see that kind of connection, I mean, it's not like where you see a lot of these 
these programs on TV and it's like, oh yeah, donate like a dollar a day and you do all mm -hmm. this stuff. I mean, with this, it's like you have an actual personal experience with these people. And like I, I found a sponsored child when I was down there six months ago. And so I got to see him again. And I mean, he's just a little guy, uh, like eight years old and very shy. Um, I'm his I'm his pump, Papa Blanc, his white dad, <laughs> and uh, uh, very shy. But I got to meet his mom too, and his this, I mean, his mom gave me the biggest hug and was just so thankful for everything. And I mean, and and by I saw him several times through the trip, and like I said, he was very timid, very shy. Really didn't say anything to me. Looked terrified around me and stuff like that and i don't blame him yeah. but on the last day that we were there after uh we were at his school and uh we were doing our performances and stuff and i was sitting down and he he kind of sought me out and came and, and sat down next to me and and we couldn't really talk because there's a language barrier and right. stuff but just the fact that this that he like, came I, and found yeah you, this kid yeah. sought me out and yeah. and just did that was just like i mean it, it meant the world to me it was yeah. i mean i don't have kids or anything but it was just like for a second i i kind of had a kid and it was just it was very special and it's it was powerful yeah it's, powerful feeling it was just a very small act of kindness and it or just act and it just it it moved me so much yeah no yeah i bet that just the whole experience in, in general definitely gives you a different outlook on many different yeah, I mean, there's uh, just aspects the, of, of the, life. The way that the country operates is just, you, 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 you kind of like, I can't believe this country exists like this. Yeah. Like, for example, we, uh, we went to a hospital one day just to uh, kind of do a tour. And the way the hospitals work down there is you show up, you have to pay just to kind of get in. And then when a doctor sees you, they make their diagnosis, whether like if, let's say you have a broken arm and you go to the hospital. You have to pay to get in. The doctor will then look at your arm. He'll write down a list like uh, I need a bandages. I need anti, um, I mean, uh, med whatever medicines, painkillers, whatever, um, and supplies like uh, rubbing alcohol, things like that. He writes down everything that he needs in order to treat you, gives you back that piece of paper. You have to leave the hospital, you go source it, it oh, wow. which is extremely difficult because things are almost impossible to find on there. And then you go back, and then you have to pay for them to basically administer the medication and stuff like that too. And it's like I was walking through this hospital, and I, I almost had a panic attack. I mean, it was just like it, it felt like, death it was just like a place for people to go and die it was just it was awful now do you think that rolls back into government suppression of education yeah i mean it, it goes back to government suppression of everything they there's no i mean here in america we're we're like okay i i, I lost my job well i can collect welfare over yeah. there it's like it's almost hard it's almost impossible to find a job and there's no government handouts i mean that like you're you're picking up trash and trading it for for whatever you can find and it's just like that we have it so good <laughs> yeah well, i was just gonna say you know like you're talking about 
<clears throat> all that. And it's like, we're, we're like, what? You didn't put cheese on my Whopper? Yeah. This is the worst day of <laughs> yeah, my life. Yeah, I know. Seriously. It's, <laughs> it's, it's just my, it's my, it's a whole different world. Like right. It's, it's. Yeah. Now to, to change direction just a little bit. Now, how do you think this is going to impact your work? Like, do you think this is going to open your mind a bit more when it comes to just working on stuff, different perspectives now that you're not, not a more complete person, but like just more open? Yeah, I mean, it's it's definitely changed just my view of the world in general um, completely. I mean, I mean, I don't want I don't want to come off as some kind of like radicalist who's like, <laughs> oh, you gotta you don't know what you're doing. You gotta you gotta put all your money in Haiti. I don't want to come <laughs> off like that, but but I definitely want to like just kind of just educate people mm-hmm. and and kind of because. I mean, personally, when I first thought about Haiti and they say, oh, Haiti is one of the poorest countries in the world, I'm thinking like Section 8 housing yeah. or like projects or something. But it's, it's so far beyond that. It's it's literally people sleeping on dirt. It's, it's, there's no, I mean, even the poorest, some of the poorest people in the United States still have right. cable television and <laughs> stuff like that. and. And they can collect welfare and stuff like that, but it's it's not like that there. It's like basically, it's people are just dying left and right. Yeah. It's I mean nobody even bats an eye. It's just oh another one's dead. Throw them in the, the mass grave. It's just terrible. Now where were you all sleeping during? All, were you in the areas where everybody was? Or? We we stayed at uh, this uh, facility. Um, run by a full-time, another missionary okay. place, and and it basically it was, it was nice compared to where we were. Yeah. I mean, but it had high walls with barbed wire and broken glass on top of the walls for security. They had guard dogs, security, um, and and things like that. And we were basically in these big rooms with just bunks, so. And they had they didn't have electricity, but they had a generator that ran for a couple hours a day. So, so there was a little bit of electricity access. We could charge, like I could charge my camera yeah. and the batteries and all that. And then they had ru- a little bit of running water here and there, which is just a trickle. But basically, I mean, <laughs> I spent the entire week there. I didn't without showering. I, yeah. <laughs> I just bathed in the bathed in the ocean each day. Just yeah. I mean, when in Rome, you just gotta, gotta kind of adjust and adapt. So now, as Tom was saying, now that you've had that experience and you, you've kind of opened yourself up and talking about work and stuff, um, do you have you kind of looked into maybe doing any kind of uh, charitable things music-related? Yeah, um, I mean... Utilizing the studio? Uh, one, th- one thing I did down there uh, was uh, just with my iPhone, I recorded a lot of the, the children singing. Mm-hmm. And I'd love to, I'd love to do some kind of fundraiser. Um, and uh, my my father is actually he's actually getting very involved too with uh, his business. He's creating a, a nonprofit organization so that we can kind of raise money. And because the biggest the biggest problem with Haiti is raising money and getting it to where it's going to be useful because the government's so corrupt that it's not like you can just 
send raise, a raise a bunch just trust of, <laughs> yeah. You can't just raise a bunch of money and send it to Haiti because it's not going to end up <laughs> where, where it's it needs supposed to, to be. go. So, I mean, at least with this organization that we went down with, we got to experience firsthand and see exactly where the money's going and stuff like that. So I would love to, in the future, maybe get bands together and, and record them for free and put together some kind of compilation and and maybe raise some money and sponsor like something like a classroom or something like that because that's that's what they need i mean mm -hmm. the let me let me take a go back a little bit and explain a little bit more about the the this missionary organization and their their goals is basically they're not trying to change the country because it's that would be impossible, really, without some kind of massive revolution and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. What they're trying to do is they're trying to influence the next generation through education. So by by giving education to the kids there, they're hoping that these kids, once they grow up, will have morals and they'll be educated and stuff like that so that when they become decision makers they can they, overthrow they, the government they, yeah they can <laughs> they can take charge and hopefully move their country in right. a direction that definitely benefits the country mm -hmm. so that's kind of like their their uh their business plan <laughs> no i mean it, <laughs> make, it makes sense. statement mission statement knowledge yeah. is power yeah that's what they say so and that's why the government's trying to keep education down because right. i mean you think you i mean you go, why hasn't there been a revolution? I mean, the government's so corrupt, the people are just dying in the streets. And it's like, well, because they don't necessarily have the knowledge to know that they can revolt or, or and they don't have the power to. I now, mean, does the government kind of know what you guys are doing? Or is this like a... Yeah, I mean, the, go the government knows. I mean, there's there's a lot of... Like they're not trying to stop you? No. Yeah. No, nothing like that. I mean, th there was a story where this the organization had trying to get supplies in, like building supplies and stuff like that, is extremely difficult. You have to really, the government kind of puts up a lot of fees and stuff like that. So you you have to kind of fight them when mm. it comes to that kind of stuff. But I mean, uh, they they've learned how to kind of work with the government and. And the thing about Haiti is like you can't you can't purchase land unless you're a landowner. So for this organization to kind of acquire land, they had to team up with like local people already there and stuff like that. So the the, the way that the government works is very very strange and very tough and and it's not like they have public records and things like yeah. that so people can just like say oh, i own this land oh, no i own this land nobody's got paperwork nobody's it's not filed anywhere it's now are there any um <clears throat> haitian natives that are making strides um i mean like obviously we're outsiders coming in and and helping them um but are there you know natives who are kind of doing the same thing yes absolutely um I mean, we uh, we were working along. There was a, a pastor. His name was Pastor Bazile, and he kind of oversees um, several churches and and kind of the community and uh, and pe working with people like him and stuff like that is is really what is the only reason it works. Because, mm -hmm. like I said, you can't just throw money at it. You gotta you have to know 
where to go with it and how to do things and stuff like that. It's it's a very complex problem. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, like you said, the the corruption of the government. You know, it's just yeah, it's <laughs> it's it's terrible. Yeah. Especially after the earthquake. I mean, yeah, that didn't we, help. There things. was there was all this aid raised by. I mean, after the earthquake, I forget I forget the exact numbers, but it was millions, if not billions, of dollars raised for Haiti relief. And it was something like 5% actually made it. Oh, my God. And it was like, where's the rest of this money? It's just unaccounted for. Who knows? Well, that's, the, that's a tough part about a lot of nonprofits, right? They, a yeah. lot of them say, no, we're a nonprofit, but they're absolutely profiting yes, it's... off of these donations. And like... It, from from a from a donation to get from A to Z, it's got to go through you know fucking yeah, A to Y, and everyone's taking their little piece. Yeah. yeah, it's it's and it's dangerous that way. I mean, that's why. I mean, you can't be, you can't just be like get really amped up about it and be like, all right, I'm gonna help and I'm gonna, I'm well, gonna I th- donate I think, um, without did... doing a little research and knowing exactly who you're donating to. Yeah. yeah, I think John Travolta actually after the earthquake, I think he flew down in his private jet. With just like a jet full of supplies, and he was handing it out directly. Yep. And like sometimes you feel like maybe that's the only way to to make sure it gets where it needs to go. Yeah, I mean that's one of the ways, and uh, and that's why kind of a, uh, I mean I, that's why I decided after my first trip go, to get yeah. so involved yeah. was because I saw that this organization was what it was doing, and and I. And and just the fact that like like I said before, I mean, it's not like the Sarah McLaughlin commercials <laughs> and stuff like that where it's for a dollar a day and you get your heart all tied up and then who knows where that money ends up. It's like with this one, you sponsor a child, you can go down there and you can meet him, meet his family and yeah. and interact. Yeah. And that's that's something completely different in my eyes. At that point, I don't view it as charity. I, I view it as just like helping out another human being. Yep. It's just, it's yeah. All right. Well, thank you for talking about that and kind of enlightening uh, oh, well, everybody. Thanks. thanks for having so me on. I'm... Oh, we're not done with you yet, Jim. <laughs> oh yeah. No, I just yeah, yeah. I'm trying to hook yet. <laughs> I'm trying to figure out how to transition into yeah. you know, something else. <laughs> I was like, all right, let's go into. All right, this week's Pixels uh, This week's Picks of the Weeks are brought to you by Captain Marv's Seagull Eggs. <laughs> they are delicious. Hell, you're eating you. the seagull eggs? Oh yeah. Oh. I'm, I'm a big uh big into the seagull eggs. Disgusting. But, uh, anybody, <laughs> anyways, for those of you who don't know what Picks of the Week is, it's when we go around the table and we talk, uh, talk about either, <laughs> I know I'm tripping all over myself, talk about either an album of the week or a movie of the week. So uh, let's start with you, Tom. All right, we'll start with me. Um, so my pick of the week is going to be a movie this week. I did an album the last two times. I'm going to pick Pet Cemetery. Okay. Because, um, you know, coming off Halloween a little bit ago, uh, it was the Halloween movie of choice this year in my household. So we watched Pet Cemetery on Halloween. Uh, 
just brings back so many memories of watching it as a kid and being petrified of so many different scenes. Just, you said pet cemetery. It said pet cemetery. And for some reason, I thought you were talking about pet sounds. By, by, by the, beach. The beach that's actually. <laughs> I was, like, I was wait a minute. <laughs> that's that's the exact same thing that I was thinking too. I was like, wait a minute. <laughs> I don't remember anything horrible yeah. about terrifying about that album. Uh, there was a theremin in it, though, so... <laughs> ah, maybe that's what it was. A little creepy. Anyways, no, carry not, on. Not the Beach Boys, just a little Stephen King. <laughs> okay. Uh, this time around. And, uh, you know, there's a... I think there's a uh, movie coming um, coming out about the making of Pet Cemetery and all that stuff, uh, which looks pretty interesting to me. They got a lot of people to go... Aren't they remaking uh, it or remade it? Or I'm, I heard that... I heard that they're in the works of remaking that and it uh, kind of as a two for of the Stephen King... Yeah. Uh, stories to be remade. How does um, that make you feel, Tom? <laughs> um, I mean, I don't think Pet Cemetery needs to be touched. No. Um, and I don't think it needs to be touched. It doesn't need to be touched, but it was is, is different because that was a made-for-TV, two-part, really fucking long movie. Uh, it's like three hours. Uh, so, I mean, I, I can see the the push to try and bring that into a more regular kind of format so people can purchase it and people can make money off it, blah, blah, blah. Uh, but Pet Cemetery doesn't need to be touched, in my opinion. I don't think there's anything wrong with it. I don't think it's going to get any scarier than it did uh, when they made it the first time. And it was cool because it was a Stephen King story that then he, he then adapted to the screenplay. So he had control of taking his story and making sure that it was adapted for the screen properly and that everything translated and it did. Cool. Yeah. Jay? Um, I will do an album. Um, and it's... It's an older one, not old, old, but uh, Between the Heart and the Synapse by the Receiving End of Sirens. Okay. Uh, was that was that the one that Tyler put on the... I think, yeah, that was yeah. a part of the album of the week we were doing a few months ago. Someone threw that oh. up there, yeah. Nice. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's one of my kind of, on my top ten of all, of all time. Just uh, amazing album and amazing production. Uh, just in general, and the vocabulary that is used in the lyrics is just like, <laughs> it's, it's awesome. I think anybody who hasn't checked it out should definitely check. Yeah, it out. Yeah, I remember, and if it is, if it is the album he put up, uh, I, I did enjoy it because I remember um, a long time ago in high school, a friend of mine had showed me a song, and I was like, I was like, all right, yeah, cool, whatever. But then I remember Tyler put it up, and I was like, wow, this is actually really good. Yeah. And uh, maybe it's just because as I grew up, I had more appreciation for mm-hmm. music and stuff. But no, yeah, I, en- I enjoyed I enjoy their sound. It's and, pretty complex music, too. I mean, yeah. just between the harmonies and the time signatures and stuff like that, they have three vocalists, and it's just it's awesome. Very cool. Definitely. All right, I'm going to go with an album as well. <clears throat> I'm going to go with In the Absence of Truth by Isis. Which um, I had gotten into ISIS through a few different people, I think. Uh, I think there was an ISIS movement. Yeah, a bit, there was. I was like, hey, everyone's listening to. But I got ISIS. into them when they when uh, Panopticon was the mm-hmm. the latest album, and um, I had, I always enjoyed it. And uh, my friend Chris from Texas was really into ISIS, so I started getting really into it. And uh, then, in the absence of truth, came out, and it was such a a step up 
from everything that they had done. I thought just not not necessarily musically, but just the production because you you kind of see that with bands as as they get bigger, the 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 production budgets better mm-hmm. and uh, they've refined their sound more. And it was just a great album from from start to end. The last album, uh, last song on the album is just it. It's huge, you know. And, and yeah, that's a they, good way to describe those, ISIS. They they have a big they, they, sound. They build it up to the end, and it's just an ex- just yeah. check it out. ISIS is all rise, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it's it's very cool. Everything too, builds with that genre as, as as well. Just like that was that post rock, post rock. So that's like. I like how in the beginning of the song is one thing, and by the end of the song, it's barely recognizable, like as it was in the beginning. But you can still sense it's the same song. Yep. I think that that's a success when when you can do that. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. So I uh, have you listened to any ISIS? No, I haven't. I think you would like ISIS a lot. I will definitely check them yeah. out. They remind me of the color blue. I hear their music and I just get like these blue colors. Really? Like yeah. you you like Caspian. Yes. So I feel like you'd you'd like I mean it's darker and heavier than yep. Caspian, but you also said you like heavy music. So yep, I think I you would love Isis. Sounds sounds like a great Yeah, I'm gonna check yeah, it out. Definitely. Uh, all right, well you've been listening to the Studio Seller. If you'd like more information, please navigate on over to www.thestudioseller.com mm. or facebook.com slash the studio seller. Mm. Jay, thanks so much for coming on again and uh, no talking about your trip. I hope uh I hope this gets out to uh, a lot of people. Yeah. And... Yeah, and if anybody wants to uh get involved and uh whether they want to make a donation to the organization or they're interested in sponsoring a child or anything like that, uh they can get in touch with me and uh, I can direct them to the right person. Um, my email address is jdeluca, J-A-Y-D-E-L-U-C-A-4, just the number, at gmail.com, jdeluca4 at gmail.com. And the name of this organization again is? Mission E4. Is there a website for them? Yes, it's it's about to be redone because it's not a very good website. But <laughs> oh, Okay. Yeah. All right. Tommy, uh, you got anything to plug? Nothing to plug. Um, nothing. Got nothing. Nothing okay. coming up right now. I'm not going to plug my studio today. Really? I do it every every time. Exactly. Like people are sick of hearing about it. I think so, too. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, thanks again, Jay. No problem. Thanks for having me. All right. I'm Jim. I'm Tom. And remember, cancel the ice sculptures. The party was canceled due to the lack of pussy. So the other night, I got to witness a grown man use a Zippo lighter for the first time and scream, How do I turn it off? How do I turn it off? (laughs) Nice.